Dizza Bulletin, in association with WFHB News, presents Lawyers, Schools, and Access, the History of Special Education in the United States. I'm Abe Shapiro. Tonight's episode, The Ohio and Washington Brigade. When we last left off, we were discussing the case of Goldman v. Ohio of 1933, in which local student Belding Goldman had been originally excluded from school due to a low IQ, though she was later reinstated upon appeal by her parents to the Cuyahoga County Court of Appeals. The court ruled that only the Ohio Department of Education, rather than the Cuyahoga County School District, could exclude students with disabilities. However, if the state adopted a rule that students below an IQ of 50 could be excluded, then Belding could be removed from school due to her disability. Shortly after winning their case against the Cuyahoga County School Board, which allowed for their daughter's reinstatement, the Goldmans helped mobilize parents across the state by establishing a new organization, the Cuyahoga County Council for the Disabled Child, which was incorporated on September 17, 1935. Although according to her book on the history of the organization published in 1970, Council historian Sally Schmidt wrote that the organization had actually been around informally since 1931, with an operating body of 500 members, and prided itself on being, quote, the first organization to work with and for the disabled child living at home with its parents in the community, end quote. Gary Tonks, president of the Ohio chapter of the disability advocacy organization, the Ark of the United States, provides a historical look at what the education system was like for children with disabilities in Ohio prior to the council's founding. A lot of people didn't go beyond the eighth grade, but for those families that lived in the more urban areas, especially like Cleveland and Cincinnati, they began looking for alternatives. The only alternative at that point in time was a state institution. And even in the 30s, state institutions were not necessarily nice places to go. They had started back in the 1860s as training programs that were supposedly, at least in theory, going to be training programs on how to work on a farm. By the turn of the 20th century, people didn't come back. You know, we sent them to a training program but they didn't necessarily come back to their home communities. And then the 1930s hit with the Great Depression. So parent groups began to form, and Ohio was critical in the formation of some of our first. Cuyahoga County wasn't called the ARC then, but parent groups in Cuyahoga County, Cleveland, and parent groups in Cincinnati began to organize. Those organizations just began to evolve throughout the country. At the same time, over 2,000 miles away in Washington state, a mass mobilization of parents had also come to the surface. It was now time for their grievances to be heard on the state level. Since 1890, Washington had made significant progress in special education, albeit with some shortcomings. Although it passed a bill requiring parents to register any child with a disability in 1889, a year after becoming a state, The law was not always enforced, which led to such children being sent to institutions, such as the State Custodial School at Medical Lake, near Spokane, founded in 1905. However, conditions at the school, in addition to its neighboring school, the Eastern State Hospital, were appalling. On October 21, 1935, 
a group of parents assembled for a meeting, disenchanted with the quality of life that their children were receiving at the Institutional State Custodial School at Medical Lake, these parents sought reform. This delegation was led by one James Oakley, whose own son resided at the school and who wanted to provide him, along with the other children, forms of entertainment and social resources that were not provided by the state. At this historic meeting, the group declared themselves as committed towards, quote, working on behalf of the institutionalized children as the Children's Benevolent League, or CBL. The CBL began to flourish within other communities throughout the state. In 1936, the CBL's expansion exploded with its Articles of Incorporation signed in Tacoma on April 15th of that year, officially establishing the organization." End quote. Three months later, on June 27th, the CBL held its first ever statewide convention and deliberated over the organization's goals, which would be legislation-focused. Fifty delegates from towns throughout the state of Washington gathered, qualifying the CBL as an official statewide organization. To bring the CBL's voice to the state government, the CBL's president, Monty Percival, ran for the state senate and won. In the state senate, Percival would be appointed a chairman of the State Charitable Institutions Committee and proposed legislation for a second state school for parents on the west side of the state living near Tacoma and Seattle, and who were therefore way too far from the state custodial school at Medical Lake, which was already facing overcrowding. While the original goal of the organization was to provide resources and improve conditions for children residing in both Washington institutions, it soon became apparent that this was a very painful choice for parents who felt that they were abandoning their children. This change of view by parents resulted in outreach to other organizations throughout the country, which included CBL members speaking at major conventions, including a rather notable one in May 1950, which was sponsored by what was then known as the American Association of Mental Deficiency. Again, Gary Tonks. By 1950, there had been since the, for a very long time, an organization called, it's currently called the American Association on Intellectual and Developmental Disabilities. The membership was predominantly the superintendents of state facilities throughout the country. They held a national convention in Columbus, Ohio in the spring of 1950. And the superintendents had heard about these family groups that had been organically starting throughout the country and the these professionals who had a phrase of along with physicians the best thing for them would be to place them with people of their own kind in a state facility these professionals at their professional national convention decided we need a track for these parents so let's have a track in our national conference in columbus ohio and let's invite these parents. Well, the parents came and they made a decision during that time to hold their own convention and form their own organization. So by the fall of 1950 in Minneapolis, Minnesota, they created an organization now known as the Ark of the United States. But this expansion created some tension between the Seattle and Spokane branches. Since Seattle wanted to further the CBL's influence nationwide, 
while the Spokane branch wished to focus on their own children and institutions. This infighting would further the split between the two factions as evidenced when members of the Seattle branch won all of the organization's executive committee seats at the 1949 CBL convention. This conflict reached its climax on November 20th of that year when, during a meeting between the Seattle and Spokane branches regarding the executive committees amending the CBL's constitution to focus on nationwide expansion, Seattle's leader Bob Levitt stood up and said, quote, more disturbing than the subjects of controversy at this meeting was the lack of cooperation received at all times on all issues from the east side due to the difference of subjective and objective thinking. That is, the west side, the Seattle branch of the CBL, is interested in the far-reaching ideal of research and pursuing a progressive course towards better care and aid for all handicapped children, not only our own in the schools. With or without you, we are going to accomplish our purposes so long as we have a prayer in our hearts and breath in our bodies to do so." End quote. Two years after this statement, the Spokane chapter of the CBL filed for dissolution of its own chapter, but would eventually agree to work alongside the Seattle sect under the new organization now known as the Washington Ark, one of the first chapters of the United States Ark. In our next installment, the shift towards the inclusion of children with disabilities continues as parents of the Ark of the United States and its statewide chapters across the country begin a unified set of battles for their children's right to a public education. Abe Shapiro, WFHB News, Live and Learn.